Hi, this is Pastor David Cooper. Thank you for joining my podcast. I pray that the Word of God will be a blessing to you. I also want to ask you to share the podcast with others. Together, we can make an impact in people's lives as we introduce them to the Word of God. Thank you for your partnership and ministry of the Mount Perrin family and our outreach. I pray that the Word of God will be a blessing to you today. All of us agree that prayer is important. Praying with purpose is really important. Jesus teaches us how to pray for the right reasons. He teaches us also how not to ever turn prayer into something it was never intended to be. Prayer is not a ritual. It's not just repeating a creed. It's not a pastime that we do. It's not a cliche we say, I'm praying for you. It's not just something for children where they're taught to say their prayers at night. Prayer is an ongoing conversation with God. It's communion with God and fellowship with God. It's walking in the presence of God and realizing that the Lord is with us throughout the day. Jesus shared our humanity. And in that sense, he taught us how to pray. His disciples asked him, Lord, teach us to pray when they saw the way he prayed. His prayer was different from other people. It was not as ritualistic. It was not as habitual. It was not as religious in that sense. He seemed to have this connection with God as his father, this closeness, and they wanted in on that. Throughout the Gospel of Luke, Luke records 10 specific times that Jesus prayed, oftentimes with his disciples, and what an impact his praying made on them. Jesus never offered a detailed teaching on prayer like he has so many parables, although some of them will have an element of prayer in them. He gave us the Lord's Prayer in the Sermon on the Mount and later taught that over and over again with his disciples. But he didn't look at prayer as a science, as an art to be learned, as a ritual to be memorized. And so the disciples didn't learn so much from him giving long, extensive teachings on prayer, They watched him pray. They listened to him pray. They were with him. And in that sense, they learned so much about how to pray with purpose. And Luke's gospel gives us tremendous insights into praying with purpose. We come now to the last two reasons we find in the book of Luke as to why Jesus prayed and why we need to pray. The ninth reason Christ prayed is to prepare himself for a great challenge. Luke records the story of Jesus going into the Mount of Olives to pray and prepare himself for his arrest that night and his atonement on the cross. The scripture tells us here in Gospel of Luke, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. Luke 22, 39 through 43. Here we learn, first of all, there is the temptation sometimes to retreat from a great challenge and a difficult task. The most difficult task anyone ever pursued was the cross. The sufferings of Jesus on the cross and his willingness to lay down his life for us 
It's a truth beyond our comprehension. All of us catch a glimpse of it. We understand the reality of it. But none of us can get our minds around the mystery of the cross. So I would say that his giving of himself for our salvation is a challenge too great for any of us. But the principle is the same for the challenges we face, for God's calling on our lives, for the dreams we want to pursue, and sometimes for the difficult seasons that come into our lives. How do you get through this season? And in his humanity, you hear him praying, if it's possible, take this cup from me. I find that an interesting phrase because Jesus said in Mark 9 and 23, if you can believe all things are possible, but all things are not possible. All things are possible in prayer. With God, all things are possible. But there are realities of life and limitations of life. It's not just a principle that you apply to everything without any kind of understanding as to what it means that all things are possible. So here Jesus prays, if it is possible. But the fact of the matter is, it was not possible for him to avoid the cross. His death on the cross was necessary for our salvation. In Mark 10 and 46, he said, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for the many. In John 3 and 14, he said, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. He spoke of the necessity of the cross, and yet we find him here praying one final time, Lord, if it's possible, if there's any other means, any other way, take this cup from me. You're going to find experiences in your life where you ask God to just take this cup from you, just wishing that we could avoid maybe the season we're in, a personal problem, difficulties with our family, a financial setback, a disappointment in life. None of us want to go through hard times. None of us want to go through difficult times. And yet we live in an imperfect world. We're surrounded by imperfect people. and We're imperfect. And all that adds up to the potential of great challenges and sometimes difficult tasks in life. But prayer empowers us to get through the temptation to quit. And Jesus overcame any temptation, any reservation to not go to the cross. And that's why he told his disciples, pray that you'll not fall into temptation. Pray that you don't give in to the temptation to quit. Many people oftentimes fail to reach their potential because they stop too short and they quit. But he found great power in prayer. And that's the second great lesson of his prayer in Gethsemane. The strength of prayer to help us endure to the end. If you pray more about your problems, you'll get through it. If you pray for wisdom, you'll have more insight. When you feel like quitting, go to your own garden of Gethsemane. Get on your knees like Jesus did in full submission to God's grace and power. And God will strengthen you. It says the angel of the Lord came and strengthened him. The angel appeared to him. We don't know in what form appeared in his mind. Did he just appear in the garden like a person? Sometimes angels appear just like men. Angels unaware, the Bible talks about in Hebrews 13 and 2. We don't know in what form the angel, which means messenger of the Lord, appeared to him. But the fact is he did appear to him. 
And when you and I pray, the angel of the Lord will come and strengthen us. The Holy Spirit will strengthen us. In other words, we'll receive divine strength and power to face the challenge, to face the difficulty, to get through the hard times. And that's why the writer of Hebrews reminds us that if we pray like Jesus did, when we face great challenges, we too can say, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. We can find strength and power within ourselves to not quit and never give up. So the writer of Hebrews draws upon Jesus' prayer and his endurance to the difficulty of the cross and tells us to be like him with that endurance and power to keep yourself spiritually strong for every challenge you face in your life and your family and your business and your ministry. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him, he, Jesus, endured the cross, scorning his shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him. Consider him praying in the garden of Gethsemane. Consider him getting on his knees, facing the greatest difficulty of his life, the greatest challenge in human history. And yet he found in prayer the power to endure. So the writer of Hebrews says, consider Jesus, consider his praying, consider his strength that he gained through prayer, who endured such opposition from sinful men like King Herod and Pontius Pilate and the Sanhedrin, such opposition from sinful men that wanted to destroy him. But he endured it. He didn't quit and give up when he was opposed by these men in their own wicked and ungodly schemes. Consider him who endured such opposition so that you will not grow weary and lose heart, Hebrews 12, 2 and 3. So whatever you're facing, whatever challenge, it may be a difficult task, it may be a goal you feel like is beyond your reach, it may be a, a difficult season you are going through, your family's going through, a loved one's going through. Visit Gethsemane today and pray with purpose. Lord, if it's possible, get us through this. If it's possible, Lord, take this whole experience away. Help me to avoid it. But if it's not possible to avoid it, help me to get through it. That's praying with purpose. And finally, the 10th reason that Jesus prayed, like Luke tells us, is that he prayed to commit himself fully to God. The scripture goes on and tells us about the final moments of Jesus' crucifixion. It was now about noon, Luke writes, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. For the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. Luke 23, 46. John also tells us in his description of the cross that Jesus said, It is finished. It is complete. This is a powerful prayer. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Personally, I pray this prayer often. You can take the word spirit out, put a blank there, and you can put about anything and anyone in that line. Father, into your hands, I commit my health. I commit my financial situation. I commit my marriage. I commit my children. I commit my destiny. I commit my business. I commit my soul. Here is Jesus in the final moment of the cross, about to step into eternity as a man facing the end of life. All of us will face the end of our physical life. We don't want to think about it. It's morbid to walk around thinking about it. Every now and again, it crops up and creates anxiety. Hebrews 9 and 27 says, It is appointed unto man once to die, and after that the judgment. To every person, we know there's an end of this life and an accountability for our lives. 
And in that final moment in preparing for eternity, he teaches us how to face eternity. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. But he teaches us how to commit everything to God, commit on our life, our destiny, our talents, our abilities. And we learn from this prayer that we need to commit our temporary situation, whatever you're dealing with today. You may be going through the greatest, most peaceful, prosperous season of your life, of your marriage, of your family, or you may be going through the most difficult season you've ever faced. But whatever you're facing, it is temporary. Over time, it will pass. Seasons change, as difficult as some of them are. So commit that temporary situation. Control what you can control and leave the rest to God. I find that a great way to live, a great way to live mentally, the attitude to approach the situations and circumstances of life like that. Control whatever you can control, your time, your kids, your outcomes, your business, whatever you can control, definitely control it, govern it, set goals. But as you know, there are many things in life that are beyond our control and certainly people that we can't control. So whatever your temporary situation is you're going through today, commit it to God. And not just your problem, but your prosperity. Many people turn to God when they're going through difficulty, but if everything's great in your life today, you need to commit yourself to God and not let the good times take you away from the Lord. Sometimes people get spiritually lax when everything's going great. Commit your temporary situation, whatever you're facing today, just give it to God and say, Lord, I commit this situation I'm facing I trust you to work all things for our good and commit your eternal destination like he did. You don't have to worry about life after death. That's the whole reason Christ came, to give us eternal life. God so loved the world, Jesus said, that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. There's about 5,000 promises in the Bible that have been counted up. The greatest is eternal life, First John 2 and 25. This is what he promised us, even eternal life. And anytime you may have anxiety about the end of life, about life after death, you've lost a loved one. Now you're worried. You've lost a good friend who died early. I had that experience with my best friend that lost his life a year out of college. That creates anxiety in us. So when that anxiety comes up, say, Lord, I give you my eternal destiny. You've promised me eternal life. Your anxiety will go away and your assurance will be strong. And most importantly, commit your total self every day to say, Lord, into your hands I commit my spirit, my mind, my body, my talent, my ability, all that I am, Lord. I want to glorify you. Commit yourself to God's purpose and plan for your life, knowing that he works out everything for our good and for his glory. Let's join together in prayer. Father, we thank you that we can call upon you at any time with any need. We thank you for your word that teaches us how to really walk with you, to understand what prayer truly is and how it can impact every aspect of our lives. And Lord, today we pray your prayer. Into your hands, Father, we commit all that we are for your glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining me today and for this study. Let me encourage you to share Dig Deep Bible studies with other people. 15 minutes to change your life. Study the Word. We've got a new series coming up. I'm looking forward to share with you in our next series together. Sunday's just around the corner. Sunday morning worship in Mount Perrin is incredible. 
want to see you on campus with your family. If you don't live in the Atlanta area, worship online, be faithful in attendance, share the services with others as well. I want to make sure that you have the Mount Perrin app downloaded in your phone. Go get it today. You can go back and watch Bible studies, the Sunday services. See what we're doing in missions here in Atlanta and around the world. All the ministries of the church that you and your family can participate in. And so many exciting events coming up in the life of our church as well. You know, what we do as the Mount Perrin family, we do together. Every person is important. No matter where you are in the world, if Mount Perrin is your home and your church, I want to thank you for your prayers and your commitment. If you've not started supporting the church financially, I pray that you will Seek the Lord about how you can help support the ministry in your tithes and offerings. You can give online, you can give on the app, but most importantly, what's in your heart? And I know that you love the ministry and want to support the ministry. This is a great way that you help us reach so many people who need to hear the gospel and help those that are in economic difficulty here in the city of Atlanta. I love you. I'm praying for you. God bless you. Have a great day. Have a great week. I'll see you Sunday for worship. Thank you for joining me today as we've shared together the Word of God. Let me ask you to download the Mount Perrin Church app today so that we can stay connected and you can see all the great services and resources available for you and your family. Follow me on social media and also the Mount Perrin Church family. I look forward to seeing you in church to worship on campus and online. God bless you. Have an incredible day.